Drawing room over here. You made it. Oh, come on through. Do you fancy drink? What's your tipple? At one time, considered Australia's most important book, Neville Shute's novel, On the Beach, follows a group of friends and colleagues in 1950s Melbourne after the fallout of a short but disastrous nuclear war which has wiped out humanity north of the equator. The characters are living on borrowed time, speculating wildly about the direction of the deadly radiation clouds, desperately grasping at scientific theories about its toxicity and the possibility of survival. Australian playwright Tommy Murphy has adapted the novel for a first-ever stage version for the Sydney Theatre Company. Tommy, welcome to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It strikes me as a little bit of a coincidence that your play debuts at the same week that Oppenheimer comes to cinemas. <laughs> this is a powerful artistic combination, is it not? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Forget Barbie and Oppenheimer. This is on the beach in Oppenheimer. Do the double bill. <laughs> for people that aren't familiar with the novel, uh, it was written within the context of the Cold War and centres on nuclear war. In your version, a series of nuclear bombs have been dropped during what's called the Russo-China War as well as across Europe. We hear place names such as Odessa, mentioned. I mean, this story really has a lot of currency right now, doesn't it? That's the extraordinary thing about Neville Shute's prophecy is that those are things that he is seeing from 1957. And I've just extracted them from the book, underlined some of them, but the characters are speculating about what causes this war that is devastating the globe. And you're right, they mention things that are in the news this week. And as well as that, he paints a picture of empty cities, cities devoid of people, and gives us imagery that feels akin to something of the lockdown that we, we all experienced. But as well as that, I think he tells a story about our duty to each other and about our resilience. So I think in that way, there is something affirming about this story told in today's context. So how did you try and redirection this story? Obviously, it's, it was a book. It was made into a very famous uh, film, Midway Path. Uh, through last century. We'll come to that in a moment. It was also made into a series in 2001, I believe. That's correct, yeah. So did you consume those to try and find a different path, a different adaptation? Look, I did look at the film only to sort of see an opposite, uh, a different take on the material. And obviously my task was to embrace theatre. You know, I had to let the book shapeshift in that way. And that means, you know, to embrace the particular types of storytelling and imagery that theatre loves and the imagination that theatre loves. Like what? Well, that uh, allows uh, use of uh, memory. Um, I think in particular the fact that Neville Shute writes On the Beach in 1957, imagining 1963, and here we are 60 years after that time setting. So that provides interesting opportunities, both for a kind of perspective, things that the characters couldn't see coming that we might. And not just in a sort of heavy-handed commentary, but if this is a story about them yearning for a future that's being robbed from them, um, that we can sort of depict some of that in an imaginatory way. So in the way that their futures are fading, their, their pasts are fading, um, we, we find theatrical answers to that. But that is also something that makes this a very contemporary story, I think, because On the Beach is saying to us, live in the moment. 
I think Neville Shute's message is extremely con- uh, contemporary. One of the main differences the movie has from the novel is that it doesn't attribute blame for the nuclear war. In the novel, one of the many factors that they speculate about that caused the war is aggression between Russia mm. and NATO over Ukrainian territory. This is just mind-blowingly <laughs> uh, interesting when it comes to do parallels today. So how much... You really didn't have that much to play with because it was an obvious solution. You, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a prophecy almost. I love that the story does that. It's so bold in its premise that it says that these characters are all aware that they are doomed, but within that within that confrontation with their um, mortality is this uh, something blooms. There's also a, a romance here, and so this is not just a story just about a the catastrophe, but also about um, a, a really beautiful love affair that, that manages to bloom in that catastrophe. I think that's one of the most touching things about On the Beach. For anyone who was alive and was growing up at this time uh, during that century, you know, the kind of periods where the nuclear annihilation threat was very, very real. You had Bay of Pigs, for example. Were you touching on some of those anxieties or, or is it is it, all, is it all there in, the, in, in Neville's book in the first place? Yeah, I don't think those concerns are passe at all, actually. I think the doomsday clock is ticking closer to midnight. We and, know it is. Yes, and the, uh, the, uh, there are nukes at the ready right now uh, in Russia, for example. So I think that threat is part of this story's reason for being, but also it's a story about um, our, our humanity as well. Um, it's a story that it, what what the gift for uh, the playwright for here is the for the stage adaptation is the is the is the characters that are on offer. That's the rich stuff uh, for a play and for actors, of course. You mentioned that one of the key takeaways for a shoot was living in the moment, and and in another way, it is also extremely fragile. It really is a kind of optimism pessimism dichotomy. There, isn't it? That's right, but I think he tells you to love your dear ones, hold them even closer. I think that's the, the spirit of this story. If you just join me on RN Drive, playwright Tommy Murphy's with me. We're discussing On the Beach. You've said that it's, uh, well, it's contemporary true stories, uh, you know, that really inspire your, your writing. I'm thinking about your plays, Mark Colvin's Kidney and Packer and Sons. So why did you decide to adapt a, a novel from the 1950s? So I picked up this book before the pandemic and uh, I picked it up. I think what struck me about it was it's not only its account of grief, but its uh, account of um uh, resilient survival and the way that you might fall in love in the in the face of grief. Uh, there were things that I could not have predicted when I picked up this book, both both personal and obviously global. I didn't know that pandemic was coming and that there would be those resonances that we've spoken about. But at the time I, I had lost my uh, fiance had died suddenly in 2018. And I picked up this book and the story that gripped me most here is the situation of Dwight. Commander Dwight Towers is a US submarine commander. He knows, he's a very rational man, he knows because he's seen it through his periscope that the United States has been obliterated. But he speaks of his family and his wife in the in the present tense and he holds these two competing truths in his brain. That was very truthful to me. That's exactly what I was processing. Then, you know, during the pandemic, I, I did fall in love and I found this, this, this new love, which is so important to my life with my partner, John. And um, that's also what happens to Dwight in the story. I couldn't have predicted that. But Dwight falls in love with Moira and she, 
she brings him towards this beautiful acceptance. Um, and it's that romantic part of On the Beach, that truthful human story that I found so touching and increasingly touching across the process of adapting it. So did you find optimism in your grief or well, you have did, to. did it find you? Well, I think the thing that is surprising about grief is that it motivates you. You know, it's, uh, I've, I've, I'm a playwright and a screenwriter, so I've written about it a few times now. I did this uh, series, the ABC Significant Others, which was also about an experience of grief with a family. And the thing that I've always known about it is that it, it drives you. You know, it actually reminds you that, you know, you have to live as though you, your tomorrows are limited. On the Beach says that. Their, their tomorrows are limited and so um, they live for today. I do want to return to the uh, famous 1959 movie adaptation of On the Beach. I was watching uh, old uh, movie reels mm -hmm. of it to get a flavour. It's incredible. Uh, the, the trailer was also part of the movie reel. It was just this one big ad for the production being based in Australia. And yes. I don't know if you've seen the same one. I have, and they, they do those multiple um, uh, uh, openings, don't they? It's screened in Moscow and all around yeah. the world at yeah. once. Yeah, in Antarctica, I think, as well. It's extraordinary, extraordinary cinema event in 19. 60. And the you know the movie tone voice says, and in Melbourne the Lord Mayor is there. Like it's yes. it's, it's incredible, yeah. and you, you would be a mistake to to sort of underwrite just how important it was for Australian identity at that time. You well, have yes. Gregory Peck, Ava Gardner, yep. Fred Astaire, some of the world's biggest movie stars. Yeah, how significant was it for us at that time? Do you think? Oh, I think it was. Look, I think globally it was so significant because it it really had such a, a urgent political message, you know, and it and it managed to dramatize that brinkmanship and 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 popularize it for you know and I think that that impact was huge even JFK was sent a copy of on the beach and it really did capture the world's attention and then locally here we know those stories about Frankston and uh, and down near Melbourne really having this big Hollywood movie coming and occupying the city and shutting down streets for those extraordinary scenes the Melbourne Formula One featured in Incredible, a very yes, dramatic Osborne's sense. race I and I, I went down to to um, the Mornington Peninsula and and you can really retrace Neville Shute's steps because he he lived down in that region and he's very precise with the geography. So you can really walk in the footsteps of the characters down there at the Sailing Club and Canada Bay and places like that. And yet Neville Shute famously hated the film. Do you think those criticisms are valid? Look, I'm... I, I... I, I I arrive with a lot of respect for Neville Shute because I obviously, you know, I feel that the, the adaptation has a healthy balance of both loyalty and, and reinvention. But um, there are some things about Shute <laughs> that are interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, he also called uh, writing a pansy occupation. Um, I'm inclined to agree with that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, sorry, I forgot your question. I got off, I got off track. Well, it's, you get this idea of uh, people that devote themselves to Shute's sort of worldview shootists, uh, yeah. if you like. Would you call yourself a shootist? Isn't, well, it sort of sounds like it, but in an ironic way. Look, I am a fan of, uh, of him. I think he's, he's an extraordinary writer. and and um, there, But there, in turning this into a play, there did have to be some reinvention, particularly, for example, with the female characters. He does leave them short and he does mostly, I think, make them, uh, and it works in a novel to some extent, but he he has them ask questions and he has them require instruction from the men. Now that was never going to sail in a stage adaptation of On the Beach. And uh, that was an opportunity for reinvention, particularly with the character of Mary played beautifully by Michelle Lim Davidson to, to reinvent her and find this different agency. Sometimes actually by just inverting it, like just sort of swapping some of the attitudes that Peter in the book has and giving it to, to Mary and giving her some of his scenes um, to have her drive the action. 
it's undeniably a source of curiosity to talk about what you would do if you only had a certain amount of time left. It's what bucket lists are made of. Mm. It's what last rights and wishes mm. uh, are made of. What would you do if you knew the world was going to end in a few months? Look, is it fair and honest to say sex? And this answers your earlier question lots about and Neville. Lots of sex. <laughs> this is what, there's a lot of sex in this show and I think that is the thing about Neville's shoot, you know. I mean, he's rumoured to have... The rumour is that he, he the stroke, he was unwell, but the stroke that killed him was sparked by his displeasure with the film because he thought it was too raunchy. Wow. I mean, raunchy, there's a moment where Gregory Peck does touch Ava Gardner on the buttock um, but and some windows blow out when they go uh, to a cabin <laughs> Uh, the STC. Is that a metaphor? <laughs> it is only a metaphor and it's not worth uh, dying over. Uh, but, uh, you know, STC's on the beach is, is a little bit more sexed and uh, my apologies to Neville Shute. <laughs> <laughs> well, On the Beach is playing now until August the 12th with the uh, Sydney Theatre Company. Ticket information can be found online. Tommy Murphy, thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to a podcast of The Drawing Room with me, Andy Park. For more great conversations, search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.